0: I know. Got real embarrassed one day when I was learning uh, how to speak to real um just the the usual good mornings and the evenings good evenings good afternoons and my brother-in-law he's full of grace you know and I said to him one morning Paul Marie bro Paul Marie And he would just, I'm not going to sleep bro <laughs> So for those of you who don't know Paul is good night Atumariye is good morning so uh, don't mix those two up. I just thought that popped in my head now. And sorry, Wayne, put you in the deep end there. I was meant to get up and talk about our life groups, but I found myself playing bass guitar while I was meant to come up and talk about life groups, so I'll just address that now. We do have a new life group coming up. Uh, Well, at the moment, we've been running it now for four weeks, is it, Gary? Four weeks? Yeah, yeah, and it's been amazing. It's been amazing. Out in Kyle, that's where our life group's based, and we've got uh, Gary and Siava coming along to that. Uh, Martin and Nellie join us, and uh, so does uh, Ian and Sophia. Um, Yeah, they occasionally grace us with their presence as well, which is fantastic. Um, And there's many more coming along too to that. So if you are in the Kyle area and looking for a place to connect, come and have a chat. And uh, you're more than welcome to come Wednesday evenings at 6.30. There's also another life group starting start, that has started up in Kirikiri, actually at Donald's house. You, you saw Donald this morning. Uh, I believe it's at his house. It's fortnightly on Mondays. So if you're interested in that, that's uh, being run by Dave and Glennis Ramsey over here. So come and have a chat to them. That's in the Kirikiri area, wipe-up area. It's so important to connect during the weeks, just to keep talking with each other, sharpening iron against iron, and... Uh, We've, I've got so much value. Really, home groups is, is where I learned so much about the character of God and therefore so much about who I am in God. So I encourage you, if you're not connected to a life group, get there, do it. We'll find one for you, you know, even if it means that one of us is going to come meet up with you for a coffee every week. If there's not a life group that suits you at the moment, until we build that life group up, that meeting, we just can't neglect that. Amen. So we're in the theme of overflow, and on the 5th of April, we actually are building up to this overflow offering. Now, this is a special One-time offering that we're doing uh, on the 5th of April, where we are collecting giving to go towards our local missions, reaching out, breaking through to our community. Events like the Easter Egg Hunt, events like our Christmas concert, our Father's Day service, our Mother's Day service. Opportunities for us to overflow as the body of Christ and bless our community. So I would encourage you to, to look into your heart, prepare your heart, prepare yourself for that offering on the 5th of April. That Sunday we'll be taking that up, and it's just an opportunity for us to, hey, look, let's, let's, put, let's walk the walk. Let's, let's talk the talk and walk the walk, and let's put a hand to this. Let's make a difference in our community, and let's bless our community. So that's specifically what that's for. So talk to God, seek God on it, and um, prepare that for the 5th of April. I'm just to, taken aback by you, fire. Tinoa Tahoa, moko kauai, beautiful beautiful. Um, Yes. (laughs) So I'm going to pray into this message because uh, I want the Lord to speak to you this morning. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you for overflow. We thank you, Father, that no matter what we look like, no matter what this earthen vessel looks like, no matter how we see how worthy we are or how we measure ourselves up against society or against any other measure, Father, the only measure that counts. I said, the only measure that counts is the measure that Christ paid at the cross for you and for us to experience that righteousness of God. That is the only measure. And it's from that, Father, that we can overflow. It's from that place that we can make a difference. Despite whatever we see in ourselves, you see something greater. You see something higher. You see something so amazing. You see your Son in us. So, Lord, I thank you for that. That's how we enter in this morning with thanksgiving. In Jesus' mighty name, anoint these words, Father. Let them just hear what you have to say this morning. In your name, amen. Amen. Is anybody else excited in the house this morning? Fantastic. I just, I I love worshiping the Lord. I love it. Because it's a chance for me to take my eyes off my situation and place them firmly on Him. And you know what what happens when I do that? I see a reflection. I see the reflection of the Son of God in me. And I see that no matter what, no matter how, no matter what I'm facing, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength and the power. That's Philippians 4.13. And, and no weapon forged against me shall prosper. I can Romans eight twenty eight my day and say that everything, everything, He will work for the good of those that love Him, for those that are called according to His purpose. And you and I are called according to His purpose, to rise above whatever circumstance we see ourselves in, to rise up in faith, to walk out in a new life and a new creation. But hold up, I'm getting ahead of myself. I just get excited about this, you know, because my life has been changed by the blood of Christ. My life has been changed from the moment he met me. Donald talked about that when he lifted his hand up and he, he couldn't bring it down. My meeting with Christ was very much the same. I was the most surprised in the room. Not by much. My family were pretty surprised too. But I was the most surprised in the room when I gave my heart to the Lord. I tell you, this morning He wants to meet you in a way that you never expected, in the way that you never imagined. And not only that, He wants to meet you. He wants to say, hey, I've paid the price for you. And do you know what? You can walk into something new this morning. You can take your life and give it to me. You can wake up in the morning and no longer live for yourself, no longer be swayed by the opinions and the facts of the world, but you can live for me this morning you can live a life in me this morning you can live the fullness of what you were created to be this morning is that exciting I don't care if you're not excited I'm excited the beauty about this new life is that no matter what you think it doesn't affect me amen I'm not up here to please you guys I'm up here to say what God wants to say to you this morning It's up to you whether or not you want to hear it. It's up to you whether or not you're expecting change in your life. It's up to you whether or not your heart is ready to receive the Word that God has for you. Do you want a change in your life? Do you want a new life? Do you want to be freed from the old stuff? Amen. He's got something for you this morning. All right, I'll start. Cool. (laughs) In order to see overflow, we need to move beyond the fundamental Christian teachings that we've been learning. Right? Right? We need to move beyond what the world's understanding of Christ is, or even what our understanding of of what Christ did when we first come to Him. We need to move beyond. There's a growth for us. You see, Christianity is not just about praying a prayer to get to heaven. Did you know that? That's not the end game. That's the start. That's what unlocks the potential in your life. That's not the end game. In Hebrews 6, Verses one and two. I've got no. Sorry, Rachel. I didn't put any scriptures up up here. So you're gonna have to get out your Bibles. You're gonna have to get out your pens, and you're gonna have to write some notes, or you just listen to this on SoundCloud later. But Hebrews six verses one to two. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ, and be taken forward into maturity. Amen. Let's be take. Let's you and I. You know we've come to the Lord. We've recognized what He's done. Now let's walk into spiritual maturity. Let's grow up. Let's go beyond just, just getting the milk of the Word and coming to church for our solutions to our day, coming to church to fill our cup up so that we can go out and handle the week. Let's move beyond this. You know, that's what the world, you know, my, my, uh, my dad, I love my dad. I love my dad. And his view of Christianity is, yeah, some people need that. Some people need to come to church because they're broken, because they're hurting, because they feel less than, because they don't belong somewhere. And church is great for that. These people can come in and they can belong. People can come in and they can get filled up and they can go on and they can cope with their week and they can come back another Sunday and fill up again. And that is part of what we do. Don't get me wrong. We are here to build and edify others, you know. But there is more. There is more than just, than just being saved from yourself and going to heaven. There is much more, and God has it for you. There's a whole inheritance. So as we read through that again, taken forward into maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death, not just focusing on the cross and what, you know, not just focusing on, yet yeah, Christ came and saved me from my sin. And I'm going to camp out here, and I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to wake up in the morning and go, oh, I'm wretched. I've stuffed up, I stuffed up again last night. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Help me get through today. Next night. Oh, I stuffed up again last night. Lord, help me. And we we can camp out at the cross, and that's good. He's got that forgiveness for us. That's, that's the righteousness of God in Christ that he's got available to us. But we need to move beyond it. Amen? Are you with me? Are we caught up? Awesome. Here's my laptop. <laughs> I won't read the rest of that. I think you guys have got that point there. The only way we're going to do this is understand why Jesus came and who we are now as a result of what He has done. Why did Jesus come? And what did He do to achieve it? Sometimes we can get this a bit mixed up. I'm going to read from 1 John 4, 9 to 10. And this says, This is how God showed His love. He sent His one and only Son, into the world, that we might live through Him. That's the why. Why did He send His Son? That we might live through Him. That we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's what He did. He sent His Son for an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He sent His Son to forgive us, to bridge the gap, to get us back into a relationship with God. That's what He did. But it's not all of the why. It's not all of the why. The why is that we might live in Him. So why are we stopping at the cross? Why are we stopping at the cross and going, yes, we're forgiven. That's it. Why aren't we moving into that life with Him? Why aren't we moving forward and operating as He wants us? Do you wake up in the morning for you, or do you wake up in the morning for Christ? Because I'm telling you, if you're getting, if you're getting uh, agitated, if you're getting annoyed by what other people are doing, if you're coming to a church and going, oh, there's no love in that church— or or this person's offending me, or that person's offending me, or man, I'm grumpy at this person, or Lord, help me. Why get me out of this situation with my boss, Father? Get me out of this situation with my work. Get me out of this situation with my spouse. Lord, fix my spouse. <laughs> fix my mum. This is all self-focus. You're still living for self. You're just asking Jesus to help you out with your life. This is all it is. If you're coming to church to go, Lord, I need healing... Lord, heal me. I need it. You're still living for self. Now, don't get me wrong. There is definitely a place for ministry, and we need to lay everything down at the foot of the cross for God. We need to, to release that of ourselves so that we can die to it, so that He can take that to the grave, or that we can see that He has taken that to the grave. All of the stuff that is separating us from Him, all of the stuff that has um, got us living a life separate from Him, that was all taken to the grave, dead, gone. Why? So that He could rise and we could be co-risen with Him to live a new life in Him, free from it, free from it, a life of freedom. And they say, but yes, I do. I still still stuff up, Reuben. I still do this and I still do that. But that's not the norm for us as Christians. We've normalized it. We've normalized it. We've said, Christians, we're all just sinning all the time. We're all full short of the glory of God. And that's true. That's true of the old man. But I tell you, what did Christ do? Why did He die? He died to take that old man and that normal life to the grave so that we could live a new life. Where separation from Him is not normal. Normal for you and I is to wake up in the morning and go, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am empowered to do all things through Him who gives me the strength. There is nothing formed against me that will prosper. There is no weapon formed against me that will prosper. There is nothing on heaven or earth, above or below, anything of this world, anything even myself that will separate me from the love of God. Why? Because Christ did it all. Nothing to do with what I did. It's not waking up in the morning and go, God... I need you to die again for me. I need you to forgive me again. Repentance is turning around and walking into that new life and recognizing that that is your new reality. Amen? Amen? Are you with me this morning? Good. The Lord gave me this vision uh, this week, speaking to a few people actually, And I thought I'd bring it this Sunday. He wanted me to share it this Sunday. I meant to get myself a prop, but you guys have got good imaginations, I think. But the Lord said to me, you know, the subject of overflow. Quite often, you and I, when we're thinking we should be overflowing in our life, we think of things like generosity, of doing good works, of blessing other people, of people seeing the love of God in us, and these are all good things. But what we can fall into a trap of doing is looking at ourselves to fix ourselves up before God can use us. Now, we are a vessel. Do you know we house the Holy Spirit? Do you know Jesus came and made a home in us? Do you know that you think rent prices are high in Kitty? Do you know how much rent he paid to come and occupy us? (laughs) He gave his life to come and live in you. So the moment you start looking at yourself, at your cup and saying, I'm not worthy or I'm, I'm broken or how could you use me? He paid a massive rent to come and live in you. So no matter how you see your own worth, think of how much he sees in you. Amen. He gave his life for you. You are worth something to him. You're not just worth something, you are worth everything. He took everything that separates us from God, past, present, future, and took it on himself. He felt that separation from his Father. He said, Father, why have you forsaken me? He felt that separation. Why? so that He could take that to the grave, so that we would no longer be separated from our loving Father. He did that so He could come and live in us, one with the Father, one with us, so that we could live for Him, so that we could live a life of freedom completely for Him. And you say, well, it sounds like I'm living a life of slavery if I'm waking up and living for another. And the Word tells us, no, you are deceived. You were living in a life of slavery before you welcomed him in. You were a slave to self. You were a slave to separation. You were chasing the wind. And so here we are, focusing on our cup, on our vessel, trying to patch holes. And then we start looking at other people's cups. You know? I know, Wayne, uh, sometimes I intimidate you with my good looks. But you, you're looking at my cup... The thing is, no matter how good looking my—and it's pretty good—no matter how good looking my cup is, it's not about the cup. It has nothing to do with the cup. And you know, some, we we can take our cup, our vessel, and we can bring it to the Lord, and we say on a Sunday morning, I'm going to submit to the Lord, fill me up, Lord, fill up my cup. So that I can go out into my community, that I can water the seed that's been planted, that I can bless your people, that I can let people know how good you are, and I can pour it all out on our community. Amen. This is what we want to do. We want to outreach. We want to pour out. But we take our cup and we fill it up on a Sunday. And then we disconnect from the hose. And then we go out into community and we start pouring it out. And those of us with big cups, we can pour for a while. Those of us that have stretched ourselves in the Word, those of us that have sought a relationship with God, and those of us that have understanding of who He is and who we are in Him, we can pour for a mighty long while. But you know what? If we're not connected, we're going to run out. We're going to run dry. You're still running on self. So the Lord said to me, he said, it doesn't matter what your cup's like. Stop trying to stretch your cup. Stop trying to fix your cup. Stop trying to say I'm not good enough yet to step out into what you've called me to do. Stop saying, no, I don't look like what you're saying I am. Wayne's cup, it's way skinnier than me. <laughs> Wayne's, Wayne's cup's got tamoko that looks way cooler than mine. He's gonna, he's, he, Wayne's cup is more relevant. I'm picking on Wayne. Hey, no, Tanya's cup's got a beautiful voice. Yeah. I don't have that voice. I could not possibly reach the people that Tania could reach. I'm not good enough, Lord. Lord, fix my voice, you know? And we're all the time, we're focusing on our cup and we're disconnecting from the hose and we're going out and we're trying to pour from not our excess, not, not God's love for us. We're trying to pour from our iniquity. We're trying to pour from our not good enough. We're trying to minister from our insecurity. We're still waking up in the morning for self. We're still waking up in the morning and say, my cup's not there yet, Lord. But in John 15, he talks about staying connected to the vine. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever is connected to me, whoever stays in me will bear much fruit. So if you're going to come on a Sunday morning and give your thanks and praise to God, that's great. If you're going to come on a Sunday morning and this morning you've felt something and you want to give your life to the Lord, man, I encourage you to do it because none of this happens without that. You first need to make that connection. You first need to pave that way and realize that God has reconciled you to Him through Christ. And if you're coming here on a Sunday morning and you've got need... Lord, I pray that you would fulfill the need of those in here. Lord, I pray that you would heal those in here who need healing. Lord, I pray that you would put together the broken father. Lord, I pray that you would heal the hearts of those in here that have been broken and hurt. Father, I pray that you would heal the unforgiveness in the hearts in this house. Lord, my prayer is for you guys to be made whole. Absolutely. But he said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Is our focus so on ourselves? Because I tell you you what, if you're focused on mending your cup and fixing your cup, the work is never done. If you're focused on fixing your own cup, the work is never done. But the beauty about what Christ did on that cross is that it is absolutely done. Your old self is gone. You do not have to submit yourself to your old ways. You do not have to try and hammer into shape the old man. Do you know why? Because he died with Christ. And instead of trying to constantly fix your cup and fix your vessel, all you need to do is remain connected to the vine. See, the thing is, whether I am a teacup or a water tank, if you put a hose in me, I'm going to overflow at exactly the same rate. Do you think about that? The source is God. We are the conduit of His love as we're in Christ, and He wants to pour out. The aim of the game is not to stop at you. You are not a dam of love and a dam of blessing to be holed up and welled up and filled up so that you can burn it all out during the week and come back. You are called to be a blessing to those around you. You are each given a sphere of influence in your life, and you're called to bring the love of God to that sphere of influence. You each have been given a calling and a purpose since before He created the foundations of the world. I read it. It's in the book. You each have purpose. We all have purpose. And I'm blessed. I see, I see people living out their purpose. But I also see people burning out and getting tired and working from self. And you ask, well, how do we stop that? And the answer is to remain connected. And how do we may remain connected? Well, the Lord said it's simple I remove the separation. So won't you just come and spend some time with me? Won't you just come and talk to me? And won't you just listen? Because I want to tell you who you are. You've made up your mind about who you are, or you've let the world make up its mind about who you are. And he's saying, I've got something for you that's bigger, that's greater. And I want to let you know what that is. See, he sent Christ, came to earth, made himself man so that he could remove that separation between us. Why did he do it? So that he could enjoy this relationship with you. And so through this relationship, you would be transformed. You don't have to transform yourself to build the relationship. He will do that for you. You simply need to get to know Him. You simply need to spend some time with Him. And we're also, we're always praying to Him and going, Lord, change me, do this, I want this, I want that, Lord, I want this, give me this, give me this, please, give me that. And we sort of can sometimes treat Him like a genie in a bottle. I know I've done that. You know, I've got this problem in my life, Lord, can you come and move this mountain? Well, he said, no, don't talk to me about it. He said, speak to the mountain, knowing where your feet are planted in the rock. You speak to the problem yourself. I've given you authority to do it. You tell that mountain to move and it'll move. Do you understand who you are? Do you not know who you are? You are one with me. You are a co-heir. You co-died and you were co-resurrected. That mountain will move if you ask for it. And we've seen some mountains move. We've seen some mountains move. I am the biggest skeptic out there, was, the biggest skeptic out there. And I didn't believe in uh, miracles, signs, and wonders. I believed in coincidence. How many times does an unbeliever have to see coincidence before their eyes are opened? I tell you, it's almost an infinite amount. You know, the Lord knows who He's calling, and He'll call them at the right time. But I, I saw my daughter get healed of an unhealable condition in the womb. I saw the Lord mend her heart and fix her. She's named Adera Manawahega, which means strong heart. And she was named in faith by her mother, because she believed that God could do the impossible. I believe the doctor's report. Praise God that he is more powerful than my unbelief. But I tell you what, I saw that miracle happen. I saw my daughter's heartbeat on the monitor, irregular, irregular, irregular. We went to three different, three different scans, two different. We had two in Gladstone, and then we had another one at the Royal Women's Hospital done by a doctor and all the high-tech scanners, and they said, yep, definitely. She's got a 2 in 1 fetal heart block. I don't know if any of you had a med- medical background or know what that means. Is there anyone who does know what that means? a 2 in 1 fetal heart block. She's got a bad heart. <laughs> Amen. Are you a doctor, sir? Yes, I could tell. It basically means that her blood's taking her her heart's taking the blood in at one rate and pumping it out at another. And all of the obstetricians, the doctors, the professionals, they all told us the truth. They didn't want to sugarcoat it. They said, your daughter will not recover from this. This does not go away. Your daughter, at best, will need a pacemaker by the time she's six years old. Your daughter, at best, will not be able to run around and play and and do sports like the other kids. I don't know if any of you have met my daughter She was the one leading worship from down here this morning. Two weeks later, my wife went to see a pediatric cardiologist in Sydney, and this guy is the best of the best. Only the worst cases go to him. My wife found herself in a room full of mums in dire situations, and she said to the Lord, what am I doing here? And she went into this room with this pediatric cardiologist, and the cardiologist looked her over three times and he said to her, you must have been going to church. I find nothing wrong with your child. I find nothing wrong with your child. She said, why, he said to her, why are you here? And she said, because all these doctors told me. And he said, yeah, I can see the reports. Two and one fetal heart block should still be there. Once, Twice, three times over. There is nothing wrong with your child. Completely healed. Praise God. Amen. That deserves a hand clap. Do you think my eyes were opened? How blind am I? Still, for another. It would have been another five, six, seven months after that. No, adamant. Christianity's not for me. I don't believe in this God stuff. That's just a coincidence. Until the morning that the Lord knocked on the door of my heart, which I'm praying He's knocking on someone's heart this morning. He told me He's bringing someone into church this morning and He's knocking on their heart. Until that morning, and I felt something different. And when my brother-in-law, who was sharing the word, he said, if you would like to receive Jesus, I want you to lift your hand up right now. And like Donald was sharing this morning, my hand went up. And I looked at my hand and went, what are you doing? (laughs) That morning, I told my wife, I'm not coming to the Lord. That morning, she'd said to the Lord, I've given up praying for this guy. You've got to do something, Lord. And that morning, the Lord changed my life forever. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that soon. But the point is that at that moment, a bridge was connected. A separation was got rid of. There is a fulfillment that we are ever chasing that cannot be fulfilled without living a life in Christ. I'm telling you this. I was the guy who had it all sorted and could fix any problem, cope with any situation, do whatever. I could go through whatever life threw at me, or so I thought, until life threw a curveball. And my whole sense of who I was and my identity was shattered. And it was in that moment, it was in that moment that God said, I have a new identity for you. I have a foundation that is solid. That when you sink your roots deep into this rock, no matter what life throws at you, you you won't blow over. You won't be wavered. I have a peace for you that you can experience in the storm. He said, I'm not going to take you out of the furnace. I'm not going to take you out of your situation. But instead of doing this on your own strength, you can do it on mine. I have an unlimited source for you. And it's what I always wanted for you.